Hello. Today, I am joined by the fantastic Zoe Spearman, who is a project administrator in the office of the Dean of Harvard Medical School. And so, Zoe, welcome. And do you want to introduce yourself? Give us a little background and as to who you are and how you started working in the in the dean's office. Hi, Ardeep. Thank you for having me today. I started as the project administrator in the office of the dean of the Faculty of Medicine in September of 2022. I graduated from Occidental College in the spring of 2021, where I studied biology and environmental science. And most of my previous positions have been working in labs, bi- biology labs focused on climate research. And when I graduated, I was planning to move to San Francisco and I had a job lined up working at a AmeriCorps position. And I ended up wanting to move back to Boston. I'm from the New England area originally. And I started working as a paraprofessional in the Brookline school system at Pierce School in Brookline Village. And after that, I I found this job on LinkedIn and was interviewing with Jen Ryan, the chief of staff, and was, was really excited about the position. And, and that's why I'm here now. One of the things about this job that I remember you telling me that it's completely different. You get to have sort of stretch assignments and things like that. How is it? How is that for you? Because, you know, many of the people I've already spoken to are the supervisors. Um, They're talking from their perspective in terms of how they manage their graduate students or postdocs. So I want to hear more about things from your perspective as the supervisor. You know, what, what do you like when you get a stretch assignment? Sure, sure, absolutely. So one thing that was really exciting about about the position when I was first interviewing was that it's it's a new position. So I wasn't filling anyone's shoes. I was completely able to make it my own. And uh, most of the projects I'm working on are very unique. I'm sort of doing something different every day. And I was hired to basically make the chief of staff's life easier. And so I think one thing that's sometimes a challenge about the job is kind of figuring out it's a, it's a lot of problem solving because I'm not, um, there's minimal supervision and I'm not really carried through the position. So often Jen gives me various assignments and I kind of just run with it and I'm able to make it my own. At the beginning of when I started the position, I I remember there being a a learning curve with that. And but I've sort of found some some grace in that now that I've kind of got my footing and I've kind of found this confidence in being able to make those decisions about like caterer or who, how many, how many people do we, do we presume will be coming to the event or where should this event be held? In the beginning, I remember really not wanting to mess up or or make the wrong decision. And I think Jen sort of kind of helped develop this confidence in me that I can make these decisions and that she wants my opinion, which I think has been a really interesting part of the position. So what is it that you think makes it that she can trust you with those decisions? Yeah, I think it was sort of a couple different... I I mean, so another thing about my position is some days are really, really busy and other days are 
are pretty slow. So in some of those really busy times, especially in the beginning, I remember having to make those decisions on the fly because we couldn't, we didn't have time to, to parse out every, every piece of an event. And then I think afterwards when we were debriefing and sort of talking about how it went and when she would sort of just, just tell me that I did a good job and and tell me that that was, that that was the right decision. I think I've sort of found, found my footing there with being able to make those, make those decisions and sort of that positive reinforcement has been really helpful. So, I mean, that, that sounds like she makes it sort of psychologically safe. Absolutely. And she definitely takes sort of creates this work environment where she wants, she wants feedback on how, on how she's doing. And overall, one thing I've realized, I mean, so this is my second job out of college. And I think something I've realized throughout this process is like during the job search, I didn't really know what I wanted in a position when I was reading through the different job descriptions, you can sort of see the, the various tasks you're doing, but it doesn't really, I feel like on, on the day to day, that isn't specifically what matters. Something that I've realized really does matter is your supervisor. You can be doing amazing work that's really empowering. But if you have a supervisor who isn't supportive or if, if you don't have a positive work environment, it can it can really ruin the the position. So that's been something I've really learned about this job is that sort of having a healthy work environment really is the most important. Yeah. So it sounds like it's a really collaborative work environment that you've you're in. Yes. It sort of feels like we have many different projects and various initiatives all to support the dean. And then we all kind of are working as a team to to kind of lessen that load and 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 figure it out all and figure it all out together, which I think is a really lovely way of working. Like I I feel comfortable asking asking for help when I need it and offering time when I when I have time to spare. And I think, yeah, it's just a very fulfilling position. So one of the things that I think you had said that, that the previous position was not your most favorite of experiences. Talk about the differences, I think, between that position and this. Sure, sure. So I think communication is one piece that I would highlight specifically. I think having weekly or, or bi-weekly check-ins with your supervisor is really, really important when you can sort of have their undivided attention to sort of list off a couple things. In the past, I think that wasn't, or just in my previous job last year, that wasn't something I was able to really have, which was difficult because then you don't, you don't know. I, I didn't know how, how I was doing and wasn't able to sort of check in about my my performance. So that was one piece of my last position that was difficult. I also think just this this like teamwork aspect is something I really appreciate. In my last position, it was more about sort of the, the work you could you you were doing on your own. And I think that that has a piece of that was also difficult with, with the communication. There wasn't as much of a team teamwork attitude in that job. Okay, so you have biology background and scientific background. You know, it's the medical school. It's all about science research. Does having that background help you? Yes, that's a great question. Absolutely, it does. So when I when I first came to Occidental College, I started out as a pre-med student. And my first week of school, I wrote out my four-year plan with my pre-med advisor and we sort of mapped out my whole four years. And then upon reflecting, I kind of decided that I wanted to 
explore a bit more and that I wasn't fully set on on that career as a freshman in college. And so I dropped that and but I but I stuck with my biology and became really excited in climate research and sort of learning about the effects of climate change on various environments, marine environments. But there was still that sort of piece of piece of me that was interested in in caregiving and in and in medicine. And in 2020, when COVID hit, I decided to become a hospice volunteer. And then upon graduating, I did a preceptorship at Huntington Hospital. And when I was looking for a position and I saw a job at the medical school, I sort of thought that it, it could be, I, I've always been interested in, in higher education and I thought it could be a, a an exciting position and something that has been fantastic about this job is that my my supervisor sort of ha- sort of has seen my my interest in climate and she's been connecting me with with various mentors at the school of public health and and around the medical school so I can connect with those individuals and sort of understand the various degrees and, and, and various opportunities to work in climate at a medical school or at or at the school of public health and I think that's been a very valuable experience because as a young person recently graduating from college, I don't think I am fully aware of all of the different opportunities. And so it's been very exciting to meet so many different types of people. So what kind of types of people have you met in that climate change world? I know it's huge in over at the School of Public Health. As, as well as a medical school. Yeah, sure. So many different types of researchers, pulmonologists, and and also doctors who are really invested in sort of understanding the effects of our changing climate on, on human health. And I think that's also been something recently that I've become more excited about is this this intersection between climate and health and sort of being able to blend these two interests of mine to sort of advocate for mitigating climate change and inspiring action among people because our change in climate, it will be and already is affecting human health. I think that's more, or or for some people that that is more convincing than just seeing that climate change is affecting the the barrier, the Great Barrier Reef or, or affecting marine environments, sort of understanding that there is a detrimental effect of climate change on, on human health and on. What made you choose Occidental College? If you're from New England, it's far away. Yes, yes. So I went to school in Maine at Berwick Academy in South Berwick, Maine. And I actually came to a Boston college fair with all of those various colleges. And they have a great biology program. And I knew I wanted to go to a small liberal arts school. And I wanted to go somewhere I'd never, never been before and spend spend time somewhere new and somewhere that I can be outside. And I'm really, really thankful that I did. I was also very excited about at Occidental College, they have this branch of student government called the Renewable Energy and Sustainability Fund. And when I was a freshman, I applied and actually ended up being the treasurer my freshman year. And that sort of molded my entire college experience was being part of this of this group where we would just re- re- really be, we'd be involved in climate action on campus. Did you think that your 
college experience prepared you for like working in the real world? I'm always interested in that. Yeah, that's a great question. I think a lot of the skills, the skills that I learned, especially at, at with my liberal arts education, there was a, a very strong focus on writing and public speaking and and also getting a wide range of understanding. So there's there are many many required classes that I think I have a pretty well-rounded education. It took me a long time to to decide my major and I think there's a there's a difference between what you like taking classes in and, and what you want to major in versus what you want in a career. I think it's very, very different. And I think my college experience really prepared me well to maybe work in a lab, um, work as a researcher. But upon graduating, I kind of decided that I, I'm, I'm not positive if that's what I want to be doing. And I, I sort of wish there had been maybe like a, a couple of classes on job search and sort of the, the different the different types of careers for each major and sort of what you would be set up for. But I think I developed many skills like my organizational skills in college that have really been an asset since graduating. And I think this position, most of my background, like I, I remember when I was interviewing, I sort of was saying a lot of my work experience and my background and my education is in biology and working as a project administrator is completely different. I don't really have a whole lot of experience in this area, but the skills that I've developed on my own, my organizational skills, my communication skills would really be an asset. And I think that's been a, a really fulfilling part of the role is that I sort of the reason why I was prepared to take on this role was because of these parts of myself that I've developed on my own. And that sort of came naturally. So that's been an exciting part of the position. Yeah, I mean, it's different knowing how to pipette in a lab and, you know, do some kind of reaction to, to the organizational skills, but there are organizational skills that are necessary in, you know, in lab research. But I'm interested to know more about what those organizational skills that you worked on on your own were and, and why, and the communication as well, you know, and why you specifically chose to focus on, on those. Yeah, sure. So I've always been a pretty organized person. It was something I was sort of like teased about in high school and kind of like, I'm, I'm a list maker and I'm, I would say I'm pretty good at managing various things at once. And I sort of think in, in middle school, I wasn't a great student in middle, in middle school, like school didn't really come, come easily to me. And I sort of picked up on at, at the end of middle school and into high school, it was really, for me, it was really going to be about the effort that I put in. And I think a big piece of that was the the organization and sort of the time management. I always sort of found that I needed to put in more time in comparison to some to some people that that I knew. It, it took more time for me to, to to get a hold on things at times. And I think the the communication skills. I mean, one piece of that was from working on student government. My role was sort of to bridge the gap between the the administration and, and the school and, and, the, and the student body. And I think that really helped develop my, my communication skills, sort of this multi-stakeholder interaction. And they've really come, that, that's really come in handy in this position when I'm working with so many different types of people and balancing the needs of, of many. Do you have any tips? Your organizational skills? Oh, that's a great question. Sure. Well, so I'm a huge list maker. I know you, you you had asked one personal skill that I'm working on, and it's actually kind of trying to move away from the list. I think 
I've gone a little overboard with the list making. Like lately I've been realizing that I put fun things or like self-care things on my to-do list and it kind of ruins it. It kind of, then it just becomes a task to do. So I'm trying to move, move away from that. But I think at least in, in my job specifically, I'm working on a million things at once and they all have different timelines. Like I'm working on something that's going to be in January of 2024. I've been working on that for the past like six months. And so that has a much different time scale than something that I need to do a week from now. So kind of prioritize prioritization of, of your various tasks and just starting. I think it's really, it can be really difficult to, to start something. So if you kind of chip away at things over time, I find that to be really difficult or, or, or really, really helpful instead of um, putting things off. I learned not to procrastinate very early on. Yeah, those are my main... How about communication? From your days as student government and talking to people, like what did you find was the best way to connect with them or you know or something like that what were what were the things that worked well yeah i think just kind of or, or being be, being approachable and sort of open i think is something that i see as a an important part of of good communication and sort of kind of knowing how to give constructive criticism but also and then also be able to admit when you when you're wrong or or admit when you could have done something better i think those are really important pieces of communication and also just like also just regular check-ins and another thing that i found really really helpful is sort of especially at, at the begin especially when i'm starting a position but also routinely throughout throughout the kind of the day to day is just sort of explaining what what you think you're doing well or sort of checking in about what you could be doing better Especially when you're starting a job, understanding what what is expected of you. I think in my last position, I feel like I didn't have... I, I was never kind of given... I never had an orientation. I never was kind of given this explanation of what what was wanted of me. And even when I would ask, it was it was sort of like blurry. And I think that was something I really appreciated about this position was from the first day, I sort of understood what my role was and what and what I needed to do to to fulfill that role in a in a productive way. And sometimes that changes over time also. And and so just having routine check-ins about about how you're doing. Yeah. So in terms of public speaking, what kind of advice do you have? Sure. That's a very good question. I actually so public speaking has been really something difficult for me because I grew up with a stutter, a speech impediment for into high school even. So I public speaking was something that I really, really did not enjoy. So I definitely don't know if I'm the first to be giving advice on this, but or maybe or maybe maybe I am then because I feel like I feel quite confident now with public speaking. But but you have to work hard to Oh, I don't know if the right word is overcome. Yes you stutter to or to I don't know, is it is it right to say overcome or or to you know, do you, do people need to overcome something like that? Yeah, that's a great, that's a great question. I think for me, I sort of, for, for me, even my, my stutter now comes out in different, like I, I, my stutter is pretty strong when I'm with my family, kind of trying to get a word in and get, and I think for me, a lot of it's sort of like, I don't want to say in my head, but kind of depends on sort of 
like, like sometimes it's sort of, you got to like fake it till you make it like fake this confidence. Like you're not, I'm not kind of just a lot of it's also about breath control. We could do like a, we could do a whole podcast talking about stutters and speech impediments, but I think, yeah, breath control and taking and taking your time and, and practicing. Like I, that's something that really got me through my stutter was reading aloud and, and um, preparing for, for presentations in, yeah, just, just putting in the time, but yeah, public speaking has been, has been, I think that was, or yeah, it's definitely been a, a, a difficulty for me. Yeah. I mean, it is for everyone. One of the things that I say about public speaking is, is to do improv. Oh, really? Because that is something where it really helps with the fear of public speaking because once you get used to doing it, you no longer feel the need to be right every time and to get it right. And so that, and if something kind of is going awry, you can take a moment and sort of say, okay, how do I move on from this? And it's also a way in which you just have to keep moving. If the thing keeps going, because that's the whole idea is sort of moving on from the mistakes because you you know you're going to make a mistake because no, no one's perfect. And the other thing about improv is that you never know what the other person is going to say. So you can't be deciding what you're going to say while they're saying something because you actually have to pay attention to what they're saying. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I happen to love doing improv. I'll go do drop-ins every now and then or whatever. And have taken, I took a whole class of it, a whole semester of it at uh, the extension school, which was, I mean, that was like transformative for me. Wow. You know, life-changing in terms of being able to stand up in front of people and talk or, you know. Was that your first, your first experience with improv or had you? Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, it was life changing. And it, and it's something that it's, I mean, it's also so much fun to do, just so much fun. But it's also a question of paying attention to what the other person is saying. And you build off that. Yes. Yeah. I always felt or I always found that in conversation, my stutter wouldn't wouldn't be as prominent as when I was giving a presentation or reading aloud. And I always also felt like it wasn't specifically that I, it wasn't that I was nervous or I feel like I wasn't the most nervous kid. I was kind of loud and yeah, not, not very nervous, but, but yeah, definitely had these, like these blockages in, in, as I was speaking often. Yeah. So and it, it's a sort of a way in which you forget about the spotlight. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and, and you're just, it's just a question of moving on from whatever it was that was, was said, it, it gets you out of your head as well. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I think now I, now that I would say, I, I know a lot of people in my life wouldn't, wouldn't even, they've said they don't even realize that, that I have a stutter or ever, or ever had a stutter, but it definitely is still part of, part of my life. Or if I know I have an important meeting or, 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 an experience like this on, on, on a podcast and it can be sort of, it definitely is a more, a more intense experience at times, but, but it's also something that is, is quite fulfilling because I've, because I've struggled with it for, for a long time. Yeah. You've touched upon the personal skill that you're working on. So what professional skill that you're working on? 
Sure. So this kind of goes with the the communication aspect that we were talking about before, but kind of a professional skill that I've been working on lately has been navigating different personalities and the the, the various needs of different people. Uh, in my position, I am constantly working with with new people and and different kinds of people who have varying stakes in, in whatever we're working on. And I think that's been a very fulfilling piece of the role and kind of, and just something that that's difficult, especially in this professional environment versus in college or, or working with the professor student relationship that I had in college and now kind of having this professional environment where we're more, we're on the same, we're on the same playing field and it's been very interesting. Yeah. That, that for sure is something that is in the workplaces, uh, working with all sorts of different people. And really important being um, able to navigate and, and sort of understand the, the different needs of, of people and, and how they like to communicate. So what kind of things do you like to do for fun? Because I do see I do a guitar and I think a ukulele, right? Yes. Yep. Both. That's yeah. That's another personal skill that I'm trying to during during COVID. I or during the pandemic lockdown, I picked up the guitar. I had played for for many years, but I kind of more seriously started playing. And then once I sort of started the, started this position and and my work last year, I kind of lost it a bit. And so now I've been actually taking lessons, and it's fantastic. It's so fun to to sort of wind down with playing guitar. So that's something also running has been something that I've been getting more into since moving to Boston. And that's been also very fulfilling. Cool. And any other kind of self-care things that you do? I'm st- I'm joining a kickball team. I don't know if this specifically is self-care, but I'm, I feel like a one piece of self-care that has been really making me feel good lately has just been meeting new people and I'm joining this kickball team with a bunch of new people around the Cambridge area that I'm very excited about. Gets me outside, which always makes me feel good. Yeah. Thanks, Zoe. For, uh, Thank you. Uh, doing this. It was great. Uh, so great to have some a staff member doing this. I hope more staff will volunteer to have a conversation with me as well. Thank you. Thanks. I appreciate being here.